Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and and today it is my privilege to have as my guest, Teresa Yerkes. Teresa is the founder of the Christian Meditation Center. She's committed to helping others to enter into a deep relationship with God through silent meditative prayer. She's been a practitioner since 2000, so she brings almost 24 years of experience to this conversation. You're going to love the way that she teaches a form of centering prayer or contemplative prayer and the way that she focuses the whole point of this on deepening our relationship with the God who loves us. Besides being the founder of the Christian Meditation Center, and I would invite you to check out christianmeditationcenter.org to see all of the offerings, uh, workshops, opportunities to connect online in in, uh, contemplative prayer gatherings. Just go to the website, christianmeditationcenter.org. She's also the author of three books, which I'll put in the show notes, as well as being a certified lay speaker and lay counselor within the United Methodist tradition. Before we jump into the interview, I also want to highlight my own website, brianrussellphd.com. You can find links to all of my resources, podcasts, blogs, and books there. And also, if you're interested in coming to my Centering Prayer gathering that I co-host with another Centering Prayer author, Rich Lewis, you can sign up for my monthly update at centeringprayerbook.com. If you find this episode helpful, would you consider sharing it with others as well as leaving a review wherever you're listening to it? Again, thank you for being part of this community. And now let's jump into my conversation with Teresa Yerkes. Hi, Teresa. So grateful to have you as my guest today. Well, thank you for so much for the invitation. Yeah, well, share a little bit, uh, some of your key moments in your spiritual journey that's led you up to the present time here in December 2023, in which you've been an author of uh, three books, and you've talked about a fourth, which we'll get to later, and uh, also the founder of the Christian Meditation Center. So give us some of the highlights. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about this uh, a little bit. There's really, I really can't go towards the end of where I am right now without talking about the beginning. When I first became a Christian, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, and I had an evangelical pastor uh, lead me to Christ. And he told me that if I believed that Jesus died for my sins, that uh, he would come into my life and he would make me whole. Well, at the age of 23, I knew one thing. I knew I was not whole. And so it was very appealing to me. And I honestly have been chasing that ever since that day. So to say that, and then to um, move 18 years uh, ahead, uh, I got to a place in my walk. I was trying to do all the right things. I was attending church, praying, reading my Bible, uh, you know, just doing the things that I thought I ought to be doing um, in order to, you know, uh, fall into the graces of, you know, moving into this place of wholeness. And I have to tell you that the Lord had been doing a beautiful work in me, um, and uh, his grace has uh, continued to um, be a part of my life. And But there were a couple things I felt that he was falling short on, and I'm saying that with some arrogance, you know. Was, I just had a couple things in my life that were still very troubling to me. And I, like I said, I've been 18 years in, and I kind of thought that, you know, 
this could have been resolved. Again, just with some arrogance, I'm saying these things. And so I had what we considered a coming to Jesus meeting. And really, I was at a very bad place. And um, I just prayed. I prayed to him and I asked for I asked for some signs, some help, you know, that um, you know, he was going to continue to work in my life uh, to get these two things that I thought should be resolved. You have to understand. And then um, so then I did. I heard from him and he called me to this beautiful practice that, you know, is I call Christian meditation. It's also known as the quiet prayer, centering prayer, you know, centering prayer. It's a, it's just this moving our attention inward and downward and into the kingdom of God, you know, now where is this, the um, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit reside within us and uh, just spend time there and just rest and be with him. And so I did start the practice um, in 2000. And it was interesting, within three weeks, I did notice that there were some changes within me. I was uh, working in um, a pretty large corporation and I had a lot of responsibilities. And people would come to me and say, there's something different about you. You're, um, you seem so much more at peace. And I noticed too that people that used to kind of get on my nerves, uh, all of a sudden I was finding that I was having a little bit more understanding about why they were behaving the way they were. Um, so these types of things I noticed about the practice pretty much right away. That was this work of the Holy Spirit in me. And so, so it's been uh, 23 years uh, that I've been practicing. And I remember thinking when I first started that I was going to do something with this. And I don't know where that thought came from, but I just kind of knew it. And it never left me. And uh, it was 2012. Uh, and know, know this, that throughout all that time, I was still thinking, okay, what am I going to be doing with this? I, I knew something was going to be coming up, but I didn't know. And I had started teaching other people uh, uh, this, this practice. And then one day, uh, you know, I just I just got a calling that we were going to start the Christian Meditation Center, and that would be uh, the vehicle that we would use to teach this practice and also provide support and other forms of Christian meditation as well, which we'll talk about in a little while. But um, <clears throat> so it's been, um, it'll be 12 years in February. I can't even believe it. Uh, but We've been doing a lot of training, and we have um, we do we continue to support people with um, retreats and book clubs and you know, other services. Yeah, well, thank well, thank you for that. And can you uh, just to to be clear uh, again? There's all we're, all the things we're sort of talking about were like again silent meditative prayer, contemplative prayer, centering prayer. When you say Christian meditation, can you share a little bit about the how you actually teach it if if it's if it's easy to to actually describe your process like how how do you actually uh, teach it uh, um, the the technique itself? Well, uh, I started out one way and this is how I teach it now. Okay. So I found over time uh, that most Christians have been taught how to pray. Mm. So I kind of start there, and some people will pray from their their head. You know, they'll say their prayers from their head. But some people um, have uh, found a way to pray from their heart. 
So what I say to them is when you are praying from your heart, when you stop talking, whether it's you know out loud or to yourself, that's right where you need to be. That's where you're going to rest. So when you say your prayers, say them and then stop talking and just be there and uh, see if there's something our Lord might want to do. You know, sometimes we're in such a hurry. You know, we say our prayers and we're off and running. We don't usually take the time just to just to be with him and see what else might be there for us. And so that kind of resonates with a lot of people. Uh, for those that are, um, they uh, they they say their prayers from you know their 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 mind. You know, I just kind of direct them um, and to place their attention inward and then downward into their heart center, and focus on the breath. The breath helps to kind of center a lot of folks uh, to keep them in that space. And just the breath going in and the breath going out. As we can get to a beautiful place where we can become still. And then when we can become still, then we can be open to the peace that's already within us, right? And that's where that beautiful just resting and his presence um, happens for us. No, I love that. That seems that seems really simple. I do want to. I just ask if if you could even describe it. It's always really difficult to, I think, to describe with words sometimes what um, what what the experience is like. But when you talk about, um, I think you talked about your heart and like coming down, like it's so that that I thought you were going to go to like more of an embodied piece. Then you went to the breath. So, um, yeah, what's the connection with like literally? Is it literally the heart is a metaphor? Or are you actually literally feeling something inside of your chest just to be you know kind of clear? Well, I, I I teach the heart as being the place where we can feel love. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those who speak in tongues, there are there is um, there is a starting point where that originates, and that would be the the space as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's your favorite? I mean, you, you talked about stillness, so like in, in focus on the breath. So like, do you, do you have like a metaphor that you like to that 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 that's meaningful for you that you know kind of lets you connect um, with what that stillness might be like? Uh, well, for me, the breath is the Holy Spirit. You know, ah, yeah. you know think about the Holy Spirit, um, the giver of life. You know, the you know the life that's within the breath is another is very strong for me um i have um i found the breath to be helpful if i do get distracted only because if i start to uh say say words or move my attention to uh other images or gazing uh, i get i get more distracted but that's not the case for a lot of people so the breath just kind of keeps me in the space um, and a lot of times I don't even need to focus on the breath. I can just kind of, well, I can just move into that place because I can, from my prayer life, it's just when I get distracted, sometimes just, you know, paying attention to the breath can help move me back where I want to be. Good. And, and do you do this with your eyes closed, your eyes open? I keep my eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, and what's just as again, I'm sorry for nuts and bolts questions. Cause I just, uh, <laughs> I, was, I just always, I just always like the mechanic stuff. And, 
you know, like they, they they often recommend centering prayer. You do 20 minutes at a time. And that that, that number seems you know somewhat arbitrary. But at the same time, if you've done it long enough, it, that seems about right. Like, do you have a recommendation on the, the amount of time that one would sit in the, the Christian meditation practice? I think most um, teachers will say 20 minutes because it's more of a practical uh, time because it takes quite a while for most of us to kind of settle down. Yeah. And most people say it takes around 15 minutes. So you want to have at least five minutes, you know, uh, where you're not being, you know, you know, pulled around from, you know, your mind and uh, distracted by other things. Uh, so 20 minutes uh, would be a good, um, you know, a good place to start if you could. You know, there's a lot of people that just find that so overwhelming. And, you know, there was a long time ago, I, uh, I was encouraged to exercise. So I got a Stairmaster. I was only 27 years old. And I go, okay, well, how hard can this be? Well, let me tell you, it took me six months to build up to a 30-minute practice. <laughs> so yeah. I was in pretty bad shape. So when we enter into this practice, you know, we've allowed our mind to have all kinds of control over us 24 7 it's just letting it's just doing its thing and we're just paying attention to it so when we decide that that's not something we want to continue to do then there is going to be some you know uh pushback let's say so it takes time it takes time to build up a practice a 20-minute practice a 30-minute practice that's good. And do you have recommendations? Um, how many times a day that you do it? I know our mutual friend, Rich Lewis, he always does a second sit or whatever. Yeah. I, I personally do sometimes I tend to do one long sit and then try to do a couple of just short resets. And, and sometimes I do double, you know, two full sessions, but not often. I mean, do you have recommendations or do you have anything experience with the multiple sessions in a day? So I can say that um, my teachers recommend twice a day for 20 minutes. My teachers, people who have taught me how to do this practice. I can say on a practical level, uh, that's rarely the case for me. I have an enormous amount of responsibility and I don't have that. I never had that time to do uh, two sessions in one day. That doesn't mean that I've never done two sessions. I have done a lot of sessions at times because of the work that I do. So, but um, I don't, I say that because I don't want anybody to be discouraged because yes. I think what happens is a lot of times people say, well, there's no way, you know, and I, what I'm saying is I totally get that. But what I can say is that once you start practicing and it becomes a routine for you, you'll want to do it. So if I, I, so I try to lean in on my practice, meaning that um, if I'm feeling called to sit, I sit. Love that. I, yes. If I feel called, I try really hard not to make it a regiment. Like I got to do this. I got to do that. It's same way with the word of God, you know, reading your word, you know, I don't want it to be a chore. I want it to be something that I really want to do. And Good. so I read the word, you know, I and again, the more you read the word, the benefits you receive from these, these two practices, you want to continue to go back. 
and you miss it when you don't. Yeah, for sure. And, and you mentioned uh, mentors. I should have asked you about that. So who are some of your, um, who are some of the people that you've learned from and, uh, and that maybe that you continue to learn from in your, in your practice? Oh my goodness. I would not even know where to start with that. Um, Thomas Keating is my mm. hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he's like a, a rock star to me, you know, and so grateful for his ministry and his love for teaching. And he has taught so many people. And I think, um, Brian, that the two of us are his children, <laughs> so to speak, you know. We're that next generation and so grateful for his teaching. Then you have like the uh, folks like Teresa Avila and the St. John of the Cross and Thomas Merton and, you know, Richard. We could just, I could just talk, you know, and just recently Brian Russell's book, Centering Prayer. Absolutely love it. Absolutely loved it. And and so, you know, there's just so much written about it. I think that in itself uh, should be a testament to um, the power that's in this practice, because there is a cloud of witness. There's, there's just so much that has been written about this practice. No, thank you very much. And uh, let's just talk about some of the benefits. Like if someone's listening um, and they haven't started a practice, but they're drawn for, they love that idea that you talked about that you can drop in and basically get into the place where the, with the father, son, and Holy, Holy spirit reside. Uh, like what are, what are some of the benefits that a person uh, does? You, you mentioned earlier that you sort of had a little bit more, I mean, almost immediately like self-awareness and even compassion, but like, what are, what are some of the tangible benefits that you see if people adopt a consistent practice obviously this isn't like first time you do it everything's fixed type of a thing this is a long game but what are what are benefits that you've experienced or maybe you've seen other experience that have you know i don't whatever the threshold is at which point you start seeing things but like what you know what what how do you uh what what benefits do people get from doing this practice there's there's so many and so i'm just uh most people understand what the um the physical benefits are uh, because there's a lot of research around that so i don't really need to talk about that but from the spiritual perspective and emotional um, which are very closely um uh you know together those the emotional and the spiritual kind of come together i would say the greatest uh, benefit would be the expansion of the fruit of the spirit within us so i should say that the experiential because we all have the fruit of the spirit within us, but to actually experience it in a way that I had never experienced it before. It felt like it was supersized, like um, I loved greater than I had ever loved before. And peace, experiencing peace, the joy. This is a good one, patience. Yeah. I can't believe how patient I am. And it's, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with this practice. And self-control, if you read any of my books, self-control has always been an issue with me. <laughs> so to be able to have the freedom to choose your next behavior and what you're going to do, oh my gosh, that's like, it's it's such, it's so beautiful. Um, and this, and it all comes from, this practice, and I can honestly tell you, I it has nothing to do with me. 
So the expansion of the fruit of the spirit, I would say, is the, the biggest one. And then the uh, deeper relationship with God. Like it's just, you just really have a desire to do his will. And uh, you're it's just, you feel like you're just more in tune, in tune to hearing him and um, and wanting to please him and understanding that whatever he has for you is far better than you could come up with for yourself. So that would be um, the uh, maybe a, another big benefit. And I listen more. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm much better at listening, not just to God, but to the people around me, you know, being with them um, in a more powerful way, I would say. And um, and I really believe that since the practice, I've been practicing this, the um, this the transformation um, that we go through for the sanctification, you know, I feel like it goes on like this accelerated program. Like it just feels like you're you're really in it. Like you know, I before this practice. It's like watching a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Your things are happening to you. Changes are happening, but it just seems like far in between, right? But when I started uh, the meditation, it just feels like it's a movie that's like I'm really like in, and it's like happening. Uh, I can experience the work of the spirit within me. Uh, more readily than I had prior to. I guess that's the best way to kind of share them. No, and I love that. I just want to also commend uh, you that uh, you didn't immediately, like I even sometimes fall into like, you know, like my blood pressure goes down and calmer, but I love that you just instantly went to the key things that this is ultimately about our relationship with God and any other benefits or kind of collateral benefits that are are cool. And that's the stuff the science picks up. But I, I love, and I also just like that you just start basically, like it, it lets you operationalize the fruits of the spirit is the way that I would almost, what I heard you saying. And, and I think that's, um, from my own experience, that that's true. I've moved from just trying to explain what like uh, the fruit of the spirit means to actually like, oh, okay, let's integrate what that actually means into life. And the centering prayer seems to, or the meditation practice really seems to do that. So um, so thank you for that uh, that witness. Now, also, when you've worked with lots of people, probably way more than than I have um, to introduce this practice to you, you've been doing this for a long time. It's the center of your work. You do retreats, you have multiple, and we'll get to the end. You can tell people how to connect and stuff, but I know you do like multiple sessions a week where people can just jump online and practice. Um, so like, what when you're helping people um when you're helping people what are the kind of normal challenges or obstacles that new practitioners face and maybe even ones that folks that have been doing it for a long time uh, uh are, will face well there's a there's a few things that people will will say complain about <laughs> so but i think two of the ones that come up most often are that people are bothered by their thoughts. Yeah. They're bothered by their thoughts. And um, they are also worried that they're not doing it right. Those are the two I would say for, for the feedback I get from folks. So good. And I know that 
in order for me to encourage people to continue in the practice as I was encouraged in the practice, because there were times when, you know, you're, you're just, you're not sure, you know, and is, is to kind of try to help people to uh, move through those two things. And so bothered by my thoughts, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. I've been pr practicing now for 23 years. I just said it, you know, and I still have thoughts. I still get distracted. And this is the beautiful thing about this practice is that when we have an intention to rest in the presence of God, that we want to show up and be with him, right? He holds our intention. Even when we're distracted, he's yeah. holding our intention. So the beautiful work is continuing, even when our thoughts are wayward, when we're building our grocery list, or we're thinking about the phone call we just got off of, or whatever else might be distracting us in our environment. So I just say that. I said, so it's okay. You know, it's just every time you find that you're there, you know, not with no judgment, because you don't want to have any negativity around that. Don't give any of your power away. Just gently just move yourself back uh, to where you want to be. And that's the practice. Yeah. And we practice because we want to experience God's presence when we're not practicing. So we practice in order to experience him more throughout our day. And it works just like we read our Bible, the word of God, to become the word of God, right? So we read, that's a practice that we do so that we can, we can move into that. And the other is that we're not doing it right. No. Find your heart and sit for a while. And just rest in that space. Yeah. It's not it's it's not complicated. It's sometimes very can be feel very difficult to hold our attention there. Absolutely, but it's a practice. You know, when I first started reading my Bible, I remember thinking, "I don't understand any of this. I, I'm not getting this." You know, am I am I doing it right? Maybe I'm supposed to start somewhere other than in Genesis. <laughs> I mm. mean, all these thoughts came up, right? Yeah. And uh, but I just kept reading it anyway because I had pastors that told me, "Just keep reading it. You'll see, and you, it'll all come together." And so I just listened, and they were right. That's good. Let me follow up on one thing. You said this a couple of times, and I, I think like, uh, like I'll just say I'm a person. Like when when I hired my uh, my present therapist, I told I, I told uh, my therapist, I'm like, okay, you could cut my head off and put it on top of a box, and uh, as long as I was alive, I would that would be me still because I'd be able to think. And so I'm a person who's learning. My I think the big learnings over the last couple of years for me through centering prayer and through some just different things have been to become more embodied. And you keep mentioning, find your heart. And I know, I, I think I know what you mean, but I know there's probably some folks listening that spend a lot of time 
thinking, even thinking beautiful things about God. So to a person who's sort of stuck in their heads, what does it mean really to find the heart and how would you guide a, you know, like a person who, who literally they think they're their head, (laughs) (laughs) who hasn't found their body yet. So how do you, how do you find your heart? Would you say if you have any kind of guidance, I'd love to hear how you coach somebody into that. Well, I mean, meditation to me, Christian meditation to me is um, two things. We are either thinking about God, right? Where we're using our mind, right? Or we're being with God. That's good. So, and we can do both at the same time, you know, but if you want to separate them out, uh, when you just want to be with God with no agenda, there's no agenda. You're not looking for anything. You just want to be with him. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, be still uh, before the Lord, right? And wait patiently for him. That's what we're, to, as the scriptures tell us, right? And so the heart center, you know, I, if you feel your heart beating, that space there, you know, I don't think that. Uh, there's going to be any place where you can go in that space where you're going to be in the wrong place. You know, the kingdom of God resides within us. You know, it's in um, our center. All the teachers talk about it being in our center. Uh, you know, is it in the physical heart? I think that is a, that's around the location. Um, I don't know if it actually exists in anything physical in us you know uh but it would be in that area yeah that's good thank you and i know that's not the, those these are these esoteric questions but i just have to be curious and uh so i love talking to practitioners just because it's like it i think it helps me and and that's what i get a lot of times a lot of folks are so used to just thinking about god and that's what one of the blocks sometimes certain folks have to our practice uh, you know, like that whole idea of a cloud of unknowing, you have to leave even your cherished theology beliefs, not that you're denying any of those things, but you have to let go of the thought processes to simply put you in a space where potentially we get to have the experience of union, which I guess is what finding your heart and you're going to find God and in, in, in potentially in, the, in those spaces. Um yeah, let me just ask, we'll start wrapping up the conversation again. I want to thank you uh, for for being my guest again today, but like talk a little bit specifically about this Christian Meditation Center. Um, you know, I, you've reached out to me, I guess it's been about a year now, and we, we, we talked and you've been trying to pull together different practitioners. You know, I know that you help uh, Rich Lewis and I, who I do the uh, monthly gathering with, uh, to, to you, you've sent some of the folks that in your contact list to us. Um, so you have a center. You're you're open to collaboration. You run multiple uh, Christian meditation sessions for people. Uh, Zoom. You have uh, retreats. You have collection of resources. To, you know, talk a little bit about your vision and what's there for folks if they want to get a little bit more f- uh, from uh, um, from from your teaching and the collaborations that you put together. Uh, well, we talked. You just talked about two things. So the Christian Meditation Center is uh, the organization you know that I founded uh, back in uh, 2012, and so we've been teaching uh, for quite a quite a while now. And we also do provide support. Those are what those sessions are, and we have sessions, six sessions a week that people can come in to once they're trained uh, to actually practice. It's just a very good support system. 
And we also do book clubs because we're very much about the meditation in our thinking, right? Changing our mind, renewing our mind. Um, so we do book clubs and we do retreats as well. Well, it dawned on me at one point that, you know, uh, we're, I'm just one person. We're just one organization. We have a lot of volunteers, but we're still just one organization. And um, our, our actual vision, um, the vision that we have is a very big vision. So we see our families, friends, and neighbors integrating med meditation into their daily lives to foster a deeper relationship with God. We see church congregations returning to the practice of meditating as an integral part of their Christian faith. Big vision, big vision. And so I, one day I just felt that I wonder who else is doing this other than us. And I knew that there was um, Thomas's, Thomas Keating's group. And I knew that there was other organizations that were doing a lot of very similar things. And then I started to look, see who's writing books about this? So I put together a list and I started calling people. Um, I thought, you know, uh, I'd like to get to know these people. Because, you know, it would be great just to know them. And um, maybe we can do work together, like we're doing today, Brian. We're yes. doing work together um, just to get the word out of this practice. to get And so, um, and we can do that in different ways. So what we did was we started the Christian Meditative Practices Coalition. And we have a working body of, of uh, like-minded people that really have an interest in um, raising the awareness of this practice. That's good. And and how can, how do people just talk a little bit about how to connect if someone like, like, Hey, I want to be trained or, um, or so if somebody knows how to do like centering prayer, they could just sign up and attend one of your support groups or how to talk about what, how, how one would get involved with the center. Okay. So you can reach us best online. So you can go to the Christian meditation centers, uh, website which is christianmeditationcenter.org and we have a contact tab uh, please feel free to um, just reach out to us that way uh, and we'll be glad to get back to you uh, with any questions you might have but if you just want to get on our distribution list we'll be glad to do that as well um, so you'll notice on the website we have events coming up uh, we're still putting in events for next year, but you can certainly get a taste of what we do. Uh, so what we do most once a month, we offer a um, a community um, training and mm -hmm. anybody can join. It's a group. So uh, so once a month, you can be trained, but you can also be trained if you want individual training. We do that as well. And then once you're trained, or even if you've had training, centering prayer training, quiet prayer training, whatever other, whatever, as long as you know what you're doing when you come into the session, because you're not getting training there, what you're getting is you're getting a very a trained facilitator that will lead you into the meditation, and you'll be with other people. So it's nice, and we do that online. We do that online. So, um, and you can again sign up for that. That those sessions are free. We don't charge for any of those sessions, so you can join. Uh, there is a cost uh, to the um, uh, the Christian meditation training, and that's $50. That's just okay. a one-time fee, and then all the sessions are free. 
No, that sounds that sounds really great. And and I just for anybody who hasn't done it, um, doing the sitting with a group of people, even on Zoom, is incredibly helpful and powerful. Whether you've been doing it, like especially when you're getting started, like my I I I did an in person training with um with one of my former students. He's a great spiritual director named Gene Yodka. That was the first time I ever made it to 20 minutes. And we did two 20-minute sessions in one day. And I'd never made it that long. And it was some level because I knew there were people around me that were doing it together. And, and we you get that group dynamic. And then it as a long-term time practitioner, it's just a blessing to know other people are doing it with you. So, you know, I love the setup. And, you know, I've shared many times my my wife and I, first thing in the morning, we we do this together. We get up. I mean, it's within. 20 minutes of waking up, we're actually sitting and doing this time together. And that's just, that's been a blessing for our relationship, uh, just doing that together. So again, love the, I love the, I love the model. And also I just love that even that you keep it, the cost is $50 isn't really very much to, to invest in, in some outstanding training. So thanks for that. Let me move to um, kind of the final questions that I like to ask. And these can be long. I mean, these can be short answers, but we can, there's no rush on these. So talk a little bit about what's next. I mean, um, if 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 let me ask this in two ways. I know you have a book, and I want to ask you about the book you're writing. But like, if if the Christian Meditation Center would would just go beyond your wildest dreams, where would you love it to be? And even say like, you know, three to five years, you pick there. Like, what what would be your big dream for uh, the work that you're doing with the center? So the work has already started in both areas. So we are. We are in the process of uh, putting together a retreat center and a chapel, all right? So the, ch the chapel itself would just be for prayer meditation. Um, I encourage everybody to go back to church. If you're not in church, you should be going back to church. Not to, sound, not to sound bossy. <laughs> no, it's we all need that. This isn't a substitute. This is a, yeah, this stands on top of our other practices for sure. That's, yeah, That's yeah. exactly right. And I think we... Uh, we lose something when we're not in the fellowship with others. So just I'm saying that to say it's been a blessing. So the but the, the chapel itself is just for prayer and meditation. And it's kind of an extension of the retreat center, which is for gatherings and for uh, training. So anybody could come and uh, it's actually a place so that we can uh, do um, more in-person trainings. Although we do them here now, too. There's a, we have a place that we're using right now to have people come in so that we can do in person and but the retreats and the outreach we do a lot of outreach we go to people uh, I've taught in colleges universities hospitals workplaces all types of different types of organizations I've been invited to people's homes they got you know five to ten people together and I've taught there so uh, so we do travel but uh, so we're that's a big project uh, there's uh, so much that's involved in, in getting that work done and then the other would be, I'm just doing my best just to stay uh, present with God and just waiting for his next step, which is so not like me, um, you know, again, uh, working in businesses, having a lot of responsibility, um, you know, I'm a planner, I, I just have to say it, I'm a planner. And so to really be uh, less that and more open to what the spirit wants to do. And that really does come around these books that I've been invited to write, <laughs> which, you know, isn't my um, isn't a strong suit for me, but I'm doing my very best to be obedient um, and, and doing it. So there is another book uh, that 
I've been called to write with um, another a friend of mine um, named Vicki Sinek. And what we're looking to do is to write a book um, about the shared lessons of Jesus um, in the Bible and A Course in Miracles. And it's called, it's going to be called the unveiling, unveiling the um, divine parallels. So there is such, uh, there's such good information in both books. So uh, those that are course people could read the book and and glean the the beauty that is in the Word of God and vice versa. Uh, and so it's going to be more of a a book where you can it's like a comparison. So they can pe people can feel comfortable reading A Course in Miracles. It has been a book that has been uh, very um, helpful for myself and learning how um, practically uh, to love people in the way that we're called to love and to love God in the way we've been called to love God. So uh, it's been um, a book that's been very, very helpful to me. So so that that's where those will be the two big projects. No, it's not, that's that, that sound, both sound really exciting and, and really helpful. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about, I like to ask everyone that comes on, like, what what does your like daily rhythms look like, you know, to be, you know, to share beyond your level of comfort, but like, what do you do to actually keep yourself grounded so that you can be, uh, you know, a, a spiritual leader? So it's really kind of, uh, you know, kind of, I, for me, I always felt like I had to pay attention to everything because I'm, an overachiever. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. I should say it. I'm a perfectionist in recovery. I'm no longer that. But so, you know, when somebody tells me I should eat this, not that, you know, you should exercise. So I try to do a lot of that, get a good enough, a lot of rest. So on a daily basis, I like to exercise, you know, three, um, sometimes three to five times a week. Not, it's not a big major deal, but I like, and I love walks. I take a lot of walks with my husband and our two uh, Labrador retrievers. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and we, so I'm trying to eat right. I'm, um, I'm obviously um, meditating. I'm uh, reading the word of God on a daily basis and, and books. I, I just love books. I do a lot of reading, inspirational reading, um, and just can't just love just different authors, just uh, what they can bring uh, to my what I already know, but just to, you know. And then um, I would say I would say fellowship with like-minded people. I think the favorite, my favorite thing in the whole wide world is doing what what we're doing right now, Brian, would be to just uh, talk to people who uh, just have very similar um, uh, values and and love God. Amen. It's good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now, this is probably, since you just said you love books, this is probably the hardest question I'm going to ask you. So <laughs> outside of the Bible itself, like what, what are the two or three books that have shaped you that most deeply, would you say? So again, outside the Bible. Yeah, outside the Bible, yeah, uh, yeah. I already talked about A Course in Miracles, uh, yeah. and I've already shared that Thomas Keating is my hero, so he doesn't, I don't think he has a bad book, but... No, it's true. Uh, yeah, two, Open Mind, Open Heart, and The Invitation to Love from him, but I'll tell you, you know what I really got the most from? Everything that he's put out, he did a... 
CD at the time. We're calling them CDs. I think it's just an audio thing. I don't know what they. It's probably it. a download now, but you see, I know I'm, I'm a yeah, CD yeah, yeah. person still, and a record yeah, person, yeah. and a cassette <laughs> person for that matter. So. <laughs> so a while ago, he put out this CD called Contemplative Prayer. Oh my gosh, he did this. His teaching was phenomenal. I think it was like four CDs. I've listened to it like maybe five times, and he takes us from the womb to the tomb. Oh my goodness gracious, what a great job. And I've shared that those CDs with others over the, and they just come back and say, how remarkable. Uh, and that's Keating, just to be clear, you're talking about, yeah, it, it's a C, okay, okay. Keating, yeah. Thomas okay. Keating, yeah. And they just found that his teaching just resonated so much uh, with their own life and was so helpful. The information was so helpful because he helps us to understand why we do the things that we do. I mean, how how important is that uh, mm -hmm. in in our in our walk? So, you know, I've I've read. I don't know. I, I just I get past that. I, there's just so many. Again, we talked about Teresa Avila. You know, I just I've read everything that she's she's written and uh, just love her work. Uh, but there's there's so many more, so many more. That's good, though. You just gave some great ones there. So thank you. And yeah, and just one more time for folks that want to connect with you. What's the best way to get in touch with you, uh, Teresa? Mm -hmm. Christian Meditation Center dot uh, org and the contact tab. Just put your information there. We will definitely get back to you. And while you're there, check out the rest of our website. We have a learning center. We have a learning center that has a lot of Brian and uh, Rich's uh, videos on there and writings. And so we are we are collecting all kinds of uh, resources around this practice so that people can learn more. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being my guest today, Teresa. I want to thank you for uh, your faithfulness and listening to the Lord. It's just, it's been wonderful to hear your story. I'm grateful that you're, even though you say you're not an author, you've already written three books. I'll put all of those in the, in the show notes and you're writing your best wishes on your, uh, your fourth, uh, your fourth book. And also thank you for uh, I would say being an abundance person, actually not just holding in what God's done for you, but not only trying to get it out to the masses, but also reaching out, which doesn't always happen to other um, authors and teachers who sometimes compete with each other. But I've found you and like Rich Lewis, I would say, Amos Smith, some of the great people in this community that um, don't see competition. We just see um, opportunities to work together. So thank you for that. And I'm really grateful that you spent some time with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. And everyone, thanks for listening all the way to the end of this week's episode of the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. Until next time, live by faith, be known by love, and be a voice of hope to others. Amen.